0: This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty is in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front lines, sleeping in peace tonight. American soldiers. Now, Valor Radio. Oh, and welcome once again, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and the guardians and civilians serving by their side. We welcome you in here to Valor Radio University. Everybody else is calling themselves a university. Why can't we All right. get in on it?
1: Didn't that get Trump in a
0: little bit of trouble? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't that, his saying good morning to the wrong person in the wrong tone of voice would get him in trouble. So, right. Right. So.
1: Good morning, gentlemen. Steven. Hi. Robert, how are you today? hunky Dory. Thank you guys. You did a wow, I enjoyed the show last week. Did you? Yeah. I really did. How'd you do on my trivia? <sighs> I'd hmm. rather not talk about
2: Bob, it. Bob Bob broke probably broke even, I think. You you're getting got a, better. Got a couple, right? Yeah. Um of course they were
0: flat guesses, but hey.
2: That's you know. all
1: right. Well, guess is good. So uh just uh because I'm a nudge, um, Great discussion last week about readiness and, um, or lack thereof. Got got a lot of email in it. Really? Oh, really? And so, a couple of issues. I think there were two very distinct conversations that sort of got thrown together. And, uh, one was about readiness and one was about transformation of the Marine Corps. And so, it's interesting. I wanted to talk about this, you know, on the show. Um, and we just hadn't gotten to it another week. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, the the uh, gentleman that just stepped down as commandant of the Marine Corps.
2: Oh, Berger. Yeah. yeah. So uh, not not a not a popular guy.
1: Well, it depends. But so here's I went back and looked at his reasoning on these changes. They take most of their casualties. So his belief is he needs a very light force, and they need to be in theaters. They can't be outside the theater of operations. He says most of the – his study that he did at the Naval War College, Mm -hmm. uh, spent a couple of years doing this, did some major exercises, determined that they were taking – they take most of their casualties as a result of entry into a theater and also logistically supporting the force Mm. because the requirements of – the more logistics, the more – the bigger target you are – and it leads them being combat ineffective much quicker. Mm. And so his solution for that is, number one, uh, pre-positioning in theater the, the force The force is capable of doing the missions that the Marines usually get called upon to do.
2: Now, just make sure you have the ships to, to
3: pre-position. Well, right.
1: Them. Of course. I mean, it's a whole package. But the other thing was to lighten up. The logistics tail. Mm. So, you know, in the Army, they say right. for every shooter, there's 28 people right. supporting that one shooter. Mm. Um, and so you can imagine with the Marine Corps and that a lot of that has to do with the type of weaponry and everything else that the Army uses. Tanks, artillery. Mm. So, so the questions are, did he go too far? Of course, he got rid of all the tanks. I have my own belief in that. You guys are absolutely wrong with what you were saying about tanks. but We can discuss that <laughs> another day. Um, but the artillery is so critical to success of any operation. Um, did he go too far with the artillery that he removed? Mm. I guess there, there's going to be opinions about it. But just to say there was – I don't know. It's something that he thought up shaving one morning – and And decided to implement, I think it was probably very thoughtfully done, whether it 's right or wrong, who knows it the new commandant, while a proponent of his is not from what I understand is not maybe thinks that those changes have gone too far hmm. and wants. so they 'll
2: swing the pendulum back a they'll swing
1: bit? back a little bit, so we'll watch, but I mean there's more to it. the readiness thing i don 't know what to say I mean well
2: the problem they 're going to have long term is they don 't have enough ships. And they and, and, and they're not um they're not doing anything about it. And the Navy doesn't have enough ships. I mean not just the the uh, the Marine Corps access to ships, but the Navy's procurement program is a hot mess. And I don't know what they're gonna do about yeah. that, but they they're gonna suffer for a long time for bad decisions that were made in the in the early two thousands.
0: Was wasn't it as recently as Reagan, they were talking about a six hundred ship Navy? They were, oh, yeah, they,
2: they, they, almost they almost got there. They almost got there. But they almost got there. I think they got the five, 594, 596, something like that.
0: Yeah. This goes to show you it's a very important who you vote for uh, because <laughs> we've, gone, we've gone that far in reverse.
2: Well, people say, you know, what's, the, what's in the number? And my response to them is um, you can't send a task force if you ain't got one. So, you know, <laughs> that's just the way it works. You, 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 you want to project power, you have to be able to and, send and that fleet. Right in. You can't do that if you
1: don't have one. And you can't apply the principles of just in time delivery and lean six sigma to oh, God. fighting wars. Go. I mean that's just
2: Oh yeah, I'm having a flashback. It doesn't work that way, right?
1: No, but that there was a push there was a push in the two thousands.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Late
1: nineties, two thousands to 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 organize war that way. Yeah,
2: I know. That was... And
1: you know this isn't a this isn't an F one hundred and fifty plant in yeah. Kansas City where everything can be predictable. Were and, you big on TQM? Oh, don't even start. Listen, I was in Joint Total Forces Command. management. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. I was in Joint Forces Command. These people were. JVCOM. Yes, it doesn't exist anymore. Thank God. Uh, Mattis put it to bed. He was. Right, in. Well,
0: let's, well, let's stop. What, what, what's TQM? Tell them what it's about, including me. I I, I don't I don't want to go there. <laughs> I, I just I, okay.
2: I I will get aggressive and, and ugly on the air if you if you go any further. The this. bottom
1: line is there was uh, a lot of business people brought in, sort of like in the Kennedy yeah. era. A lot of people that oh, were the wi- the whiz kids, oh,
2: some whiz kids. Yeah, this okay. is like a whiz kid. The thing. whiz
1: kids of the two thousands and nineties and the 2000s. And, and I have to tell you, Paul, reservists pushed it really hard. Well, so part of the problem is people are always trying to justify their existence, right? And so reservists. There's a couple of issues, and you were around the reserve world for a lot of your career, so you mm-hmm. you've got to – I think you'll agree with me. There's a lot of talents that the oh, service yeah. bring.
2: That's the beauty the, of the reserves, really.
1: Bring to the game that don't show up. You can't put it in a box for a specific specialty within the Navy or the Army or the Air Force. There's there's a lot of civilian capabilities and skills that, well, like for
2: instance, we had a, we had a colonel, an Army colonel, when I was at Jick Pack, we had an Army colonel at. Um, What's that big lab out in California that does... Uh, L- Livermore? Livermore, thank you. Lawrence Livermore. And uh, they got him to be the WMD guy for the theater for, at one time. So I mean, that's just beautiful. Just the way it worked out
1: beautifully. Right. I mean, I can tell you over the course of my career, there was a guy, believe it or not, like one of the most senior people at Amtrak. He never got rid of his Army commission. He was a major in the reserves at, hanging around, you know, because he just never got out. And when Bosnia happened... They needed to get the trains running in Bosnia. And they, they just sort of sucked this guy out to what? active duty, called him one day and say, Pull out your uniform. It's beautiful. And that's he a he was over thing. there and he got the trains running in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, could people full time active So there are skill sets that get brought and, and the military still does not do a good job no, of they capturing don't. No, they don't. what skill sets does, you know, Steve Momano, civilian skill sets, does he bring to the table? No, they never did. Um, I
2: was twenty years into my career and and I'd still say, you know, they don't realize that, you know, I know this stuff. They just don't because they, they don't bother asking. So,
1: you know, this is so that's a shortfall. But when Rumsfeld, well, probably started in the 90s <laughs> with Clinton's crew and then when Rumsfeld. So they wanted to take all these wonderful business practices and apply them to them. Now, the military, by its very nature, is going to be inefficient. You're not going to you're not going to eliminate efficiency. You try to mitigate or minimize yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But. war by its very nature military is is an inefficient process it's it's a crude in its most basic form it's a crude inefficient process so um trying to apply some of these principles and other things just um it's it's just not meant to be Mm. now does that mean that we can't do anything about the fraud waste and abuse no, that has to be dealt with, um, but it's just the nature of the beast when, to talk, when you talk about fighting that it's going to be that way. Um, all right, uh, boy, we just blew through a whole. There you go. Portion of this, but um, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes uh, with more of Valerado, with Captain Steve Momano and Doctor Bob Savage. And
0: be sure to check out the all-new WYSL1040.com.
3: Inside the Taylor Laboratories. Hey, Tony, what you doing? A little experiment, Zach. Look what I have under the microscope. Yeah, what's that? A sample of indoor air. How can it be that dirty? Don't AC and furnace filters help? Only with dust, Zach. But when Taylor installs a whole house APCO air purifier to detox the air, odors, chemicals, mold, bacteria, and viruses are removed. For clean indoor air. Yep, ain't science awesome? Come Taylor. 500 help.
2: Just because the calendar says Sunday, Burt's Lumber and Perry is open. So come on in. In fact, Burt's is open seven days a week, and that includes Sundays from 9 to 1. From plumbing to paint, trim to tools, lumber, ladders, and electrical supplies, shingles and shovels, a huge selection of hardware, and much, much more. You'll find everything you need to start or complete your project, even if it's Sunday. Burt's Lumber and
0: Hardware, open seven days a week, and that includes Sundays 9 to 1. The Livingston County Department of Health needs volunteers for the Medical Reserve Corps. If you're an active or retired licensed healthcare professional, or
1: just a community member who wants to help, we need you. Put your skill and energy to work improving emergency response. Free education and training provided. Work with peers in critical settings. Make a difference in your community. Google the Livingston County Department of Health and email us, including MRC in the subject line, or call.
0: 243 7524. Medicare U on the WYSL stations. Trying <laughs> to so look across the console here and see who. Oh, it's Paul. It's you know, The Canadian wildfire smoke is a little thick in here today. So <laughs> trying to figure out
1: who's who. Well, so, you know, whenever you read something in the media today, you got to do it with a grain of salt, right, right. Steve? I mean, so we can't. Yeah. You know, I. Maybe that's, uh, so I'm, I'm very apprehensive when I read anything. I'm very guarded about saying exactly what's going on, but you know, the Republicans do have the majority in the house and, um, the speaker's got to break his, you know, what to try to keep, Hmm. he's only got what, four extra people. Yeah. So he's got to give in and we have the new, uh. The new NDAA National Defense Authorization Act that got passed by eight hundred and eighty billion dollars. Uh passed by passed
2: that by that much by nineteen or something?
1: Or? Was it even that much? I thought it was like four Republicans didn't vote for it and four Democrats. Democrats did vote for it or something. Right, but right, uh, right. Um, otherwise it was pretty much down party lines. Right. And um a lot of things thrown in there. And this is where this is where the speaker gets to uh satiate his extreme and <laughs> yeah. so they, they let him throw anything they wanted in there.
2: 219 to 210. Yeah, so it's wow. pretty
1: damn close. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and now it's going to go to the Senate and it'll be dead on arrival at the Senate. And the Senate will do their own version and um, a lot of this stuff that's in there is going to get pulled out, but at least he let these people, mm-hmm. you know, that he has to, McCarthy has to hold on to, let them throw all kinds of stuff in there. And some of it is stuff that Congress should be involved in and some of it is stuff that Congress shouldn't be involved in. So two examples here we'll talk about real quickly. Um, first is uh taking or requiring that all promotions be I don't want to use the exact language because I don't want to I don't want to misstate this at all. Um, let's see if I can find the language I, I, right here. I got it here if you want it. You have it? Yeah I do
2: a uh, provision that we require Military promotions be based solely on merit rather than considerations of race or gender.
1: Okay. That sounds Um, good. Well, all right. And then uh, Representative Chip Roy of Texas said, uh, (laughs) what we're trying to do is move to a colorblind, race-neutral worldview. We're focused on building national defense military that's focused on, you know, blowing things up and killing people, not on social engineering wrapped in uniform. Um,
2: Oh, I like what Jim Banks said. He, he he put the merit clause in, uh, he, he said that it's a badge of honor. He is, he wears it like a right. badge of honor. <clears throat> he said, wokeness is a cancer that will destroy our military from the inside out if we don't stop it. That's right. Jim Banks, Republican of Indiana. Right.
1: And they said, uh, um, you know, and it was pretty straightforward now saying this. Steve, I don't know if you sat on any promotion boards as an 06. No, I
2: sat on selection boards for reserves, but not promotion boards. So I
1: I had the – and it's a distinct privilege. I got to sit on uh, promotion boards. And at the beginning of the promotion boards, there's a heck of a briefing you get. And usually included with it is a 10- to 20-page instruction. Mm. Um, And I will tell you, I've been out now for 13 years, and I'm sure it was being done before – I was doing it, and I'm sure it's been done since, that never – no preferences, but always a discussion in these you know, these protracted instructions about <clears throat> looking at people uh, based on the experiences they had and how well they did in those experiences versus, well, you commanded a company, so you're automatically going to get promoted to major – Maybe someone didn't get a chance to command a company, but you need to look at what they did and was it of great value to the service and is it someone that we need to keep in the service? So there was no – they didn't want you to just be checking boxes. Mm-hmm. Well, this person had these three jobs and they didn't get fired, so they deserve promotion. Where this person had these three jobs and uh, maybe he should – not or she shouldn't. But so very specific – and there was always some discussion about race at the time. There wasn't all the gender – you know, the the trans and all that stuff going on at mm. the time. But, you know, there's was always about race and gender, minimum, saying that, you know, maybe <clears throat> maybe because women couldn't command at certain levels that that shouldn't be held against them and determining whether they're the quality people that we want. Now, that's all changed. Everybody can do everything. Everybody can be everything. Um, so I don't know. But this is so. That's one of the things I <clears throat> I think it's reasonable for Congress to get involved in in mm-hmm. uh, the NDAA uh, talking about you know wanting a, a meritocracy. They want the best people doing the jobs. Um, a lot of people believe that that a diverse force is a uh, a stronger force. Almost to the point that they're saying, "Well, if you're a, a white male, you can't." understand or maximize the potential of a non-white male. And that
0: um, is a, a racist attitude if ever there was one. Well, it is.
1: It's sort of a reverse, right? It's, 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 you're judging people it, by categories
0: instead right. of by individual uh,
1: merit. I right. think it's the essence mm. of racism, right? In whatever direction it's going. So the other side of this is they have stuff in there where they're dealing with physical fitness training in the army. And the Congress has no role.
2: Yeah, I know. I that, that's <laughs> but amazing. But once again, you know, that is it's so amazing that, they threw- that they're interjecting themselves in the army's fitness program.
0: I have uh, two words for you, Jerry Nadler.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he could use the army <laughs> fitness program for sure. Jerry Nadler. Oh man, what a. He looked
0: like a, one of those nesting dolls. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. he had some problems a few years back. They were going to tear him down and build an expressway. Uh-huh. He looks like yeah. Al
2: Sharpton before with the jumpsuit before the, He's uh, going the other way. stomach stapling. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, anyway, so there's things Congress should get involved in. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh,
2: yeah, I just this is, I, I don't know how you argue with this. This is the merit clause, this is what the Republicans fought for. No mention of race or gender. A candidate shall be evaluated on the basis of qualifications, performance, integrity, fit, fitness, training, and conduct. No determination may be based on favoritism or nepotism, and no quota may be used. How can you argue with that? That's the American way. That that seems that's, okay. That's to me. That's the that's the the core of. Right, why the military was uh, was different than everybody else?
1: Right, but the other side would say that there are inherent biases that without someone forcing a leveling of the playing field, it'll never get leveled. That you and I bear <laughs> inherent biases that we look mm-hmm. now. Have you ever
2: seen a more a more um, uh, a more, uh, better opportunity for? Uh, minorities in this country than no. the military. No, interestingly,
1: not. interestingly, and a, a couple of years ago we talked about it on the show when it happened. Um, it was before you were here, Steve. Uh, we talked about it. The Navy for their flag officer promotion boards took all pictures out of files. I remember when they did that, and the result of those boards. Were, was just the opposite. Was just the unattended consequence that less, <laughs> yeah, um, geniuses. less minorities got right. promoted on those promotion boards than did, any did other you, promotion. Did the army board. ever
2: do that? Did the army ever like say we're not going to look at photographs? So anymore?
1: you know, interesting. I talked to my son. Apparently, there's no photographs in promotion packages wow, anymore. Wow, really? Yeah. I. It was actually one of the more entertaining parts of the promotion boards. Um, you oh
2: know, yeah, I know the, the army, especially where you guys used to stuff your uniform to make your the, Well, your, no,
1: but I'm talking about what people would send in.
2: I know a guy who was in the Marine Corps. He wore a girdle, like a like a a thing that like like constricted his middle. Uh huh. Yeah, and it worked. He says it worked like a charm. He said he looked like uh you know like a Ramrod when he went up there in the picture. And uh, you know he said I I got a I got a gut. <laughs> So I don't, want, I don't want the bureau to see it. So, so
1: you know, the, the pictures are supposed to be standardized. You know, they have contractors on military installations that will do the pictures in large areas, mm. you know, large cities. The army would contract with photographers and oh, you would really? go to like a civilian photographer oh, really? oh. and do it. But the, they also had an accommodation you could take your own picture. Oh, yeah. and, uh, if you oh, saw oh, oh, some of the stuff that guys, <laughs> <I, yeah>, sent- <laughs> yeah, Some of them are pretty funny. They'll
2: have like the dog in the,
1: yes, in the or, corner. Or their wife will be sitting with their arm around their wife or I, something <laughs> like that. I mean, just absolutely or hilarious. Or they'll
2: have like a, a 48-star flag or something. The- yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Funny. yeah. So
1: it really completely out of control. <laughs> um, and that was, you know, for those long promotion boards that went on for weeks, you needed entertaining stuff. And the people at the personnel command would put out a few things every day just for us to see. The, the, fun- <laughs> the
2: funny thing was, like uh, what happened was there would be an opening in a reserve unit, and they say we're going to board this uh, billet, but you got to get your package in like in the next three days. Right. So what they used to do is go down in their basement and have their kid take a picture <laughs> of them wear their uniform, and you could tell that something ain't right. It's like a paneled office or something, or you know, there's a picture of this guy in front of a, I don't know, a plant
1: <laughs> or something.
2: Uh, it was pretty funny.
1: Well, you We'd know, I, go, obviously I had a lot of those homemade. From, I had a lot of those pictures done on the base and you know through these you know regular vendors that did this. And not one, I could show you, you'd laugh. If I showed you oh, my array of pictures on my military file, I I should, maybe I, I, I'll go back funny. and I'll pull them all for you. We'll, we'll put them up on the screen That's next. That's funny. Yeah, they, you get a good. laugh. But, it's, uh, like they,
2: it's like they used to do with the fitness reports. They would say, these are actual fitness report bullets that we took out of um right. out of, out of uh, OERs or, or whatever. And they're hilarious.
1: So, you know, my brother works at a pretty high level than the federal government. And um, so he's hiring lawyers all the time. And he always says the Navy more than any of the other services. It, one time he called me up because he was sort of snickering at himself. Paul, he goes, I got I got 14 uh, resumes here and records of 14 Navy lawyers that want to come to work for us. And he goes, but I got a problem. They're all the best lawyer the Navy ever had. You know? <laughs> so every single one of those. They all walk
2: on water. Huh? Not,
1: not only, they are walking in the clouds. I mean, but it was beyond that. That's Absolutely great. the best commander JAG in the whole United... I mean, so completely over-the-top comments and stuff. When yeah. I first started, my first officer efficiency report, there was all kinds of Code words in it. Oh, jeez. And I didn't understand it at the time, but stuff like, for instance, the first my first officer efficiency report after talking about me, it said Lieutenant Simonelli, along with his wife, will be great contributors to the army mission. So that was a way for they mentioned your wife. That's what I'm saying. They mentioned so that was like a buzz thing they would put in there because most lieutenants weren't married. You know, early on like that so, so that was their way of letting somebody know that he's yeah, married well, yeah. what,
2: what does that supposed to mean?
1: I don't know, that Is I'm it, more stable That, you know, you, in the old days you didn't get promoted If you weren't married um, Your wife was military too, right? She was, yeah, yeah, yeah but the other oh. side
2: okay. Oh, that's right yeah, But yeah. that
1: didn't matter, it was just the fact that I had already created a stable You know, traditional uh, Place Is that so, goofy or what? Yeah, alright, we're going to take a break here I'm hearing some music, we'll be back with more Valor Radio In just a couple of minutes Oh Falls
0: to the and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. We're back in here with the Colonel and the Captain. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Valor Radio.
1: <laughs>
2: what is <laughs> what,
0: ladies and gentlemen? What? What is this? What is this? Pa- Patience and Prudence, huge hit, 1956.
2: <sighs> wow. Wow. I just don't know were, that song. were you in alive back then? Uh, barely. Okay. Six. Oh my lord! Wow.
3: Oh, I gather you don't want me to play that one again. I think it
0: was like the last year of the Brooklyn Dodgers, man. <laughs> yes, before they headed west. Wow. Unbelievable. Prudence and what? Patience and prudence. I think they were thirteen-year-old wow. twins. Wow, they sound like uh, Munchkins.
2: Yeah, that's what I and that's <laughs> I thought they were I thought it was Alvin and the Chipmunks, right, or something
0: like that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Uh, and of course, you know who Alvin, Theodore, and uh, the other one were. No, they were the the three executives, the owners of Liberty Records. Get the hell out of here! Absolutely. No.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Did they tour Alvin, Simon, and the? Well, since they're a tape recorder, I don't think so. I was going to say they. Yeah, oh, it's funny.
1: Interesting. But we
0: did digress.
1: Yes, we did. Um, There's an interesting
0: story behind the writer of all of that, uh, who also did Witch Doctor, Oui ah, Ting Tang, wall, wall, binger, oh, Yeah, uh, that Ross <laughs> Bagdasarian, uh, who uh, was uh, he was William Saroyan's, uh, a relative of William Saroyan, the writer, and he was in uh, Rear Window. You're kidding? filmed Rear Window. Wow.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Steve.
2: Yeah.
1: So, what's going on with the Navy?
2: What now? Did they? Did they have, oh, yeah, a, did yeah, they they have had, an
1: Italian yeah, captain? They had a, uh, yeah, they, they. have the, an Italian captain. Yeah, running? they had a little bit
2: of a a little bit of a problem in uh, Bahrain. Uh, you know, which is one of my favorite places in a, in the world. I gotta. Oh, tell I ya. could tell
1: you a couple stories about no, Bahrain.
2: Please, I it, it just it, it'll it'll I'll start going back and then I'll it'll so. Be ugly.
1: But we just before you get into this, you have to under. There's a bridge, from Saudi Arabia, to Bahrain. You talking about the causeway. Yes. Yeah. I've How long it. is that? 27 miles or something like that? It was about, about half an hour, yeah. It's a, it's a bridge, 27-mile bridge. Well, it's like
0: the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, right?
1: Um, and I hate to say this now. I'm going to get in trouble. It's where Saudi men would go to do whatever they wanted Yeah, that they couldn't do in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I heard that right? too, yeah. So it was like Sin City. Bahrain was like Sin City for... Uh,
2: I kept thinking, I hope we don't break down on this thing because I don't really want to be out here. I don't like where it went I am. on forever.
1: What? It went on forever.
2: I know. It's and, like I just thought it was uh it was depressing. I, there's nothing around
1: to see. And the other part about it was great restaurants. Where? On the other side. No, on Bahrain. Well, I never got to
2: see them. so I Oh, I thought I was you'd on be in I a, was on La Salle. So, so, so I, I
0: was Bahrain like a, a an, an island?
1: island? It's an island. An island, or island? Or yeah. A little okay. island country. It's completely subsidized by Saudi Arabia. About 130
0: degrees,
2: literally.
1: Yeah. But it was—it's—it's it's like a playland for primarily for Saudi men. Everybody's got to have a Vegas, right? Right. And so, absolutely uh. spectacular restaurants, though I got to tell you. But anyway, well, what wait,
2: happened was a a, a 19,000 ton U.S. Navy cargo ship. Now, th- this is good because it brought this back. I hadn't—I for, I had forgotten this. It's a U.S.N.S. ship, and I thought i gotta, I got to remember what USNS stands for. What it is, is U, it's a United States Navy ship, but it's not a USS ship. A USS ship is a commissioned U.S. Navy ship. A USNS ship is a non-commissioned U.S. Navy ship that is property of the U.S. Navy. Just i to throw that in there. Well, what happened was, it, this is the USNS Allen B. Shepard. And I was like, you're kidding me, man. You You named it. You named a cargo ship for Alan B. Shepard? Why don't you give him like a, you know, a destroyer or something with big guns on it or something, you know, or missiles or what? But that was the ship. That was a, his, a, a crew of 85. And he ran aground at the port of Al-Hid in Bahrain. Um, they were moving under their own steam from a shipyard to a pier at the port of Khalifa bin Salman. Uh, and then they they ran into some mud. And they just got hung up on a, you know, on on the bottom, and so they had to wait till a high tide later on. And with the help of some tugboats, they they
0: got out of the mud. Was that that really big cargo ship? The, the container ship. It's big. they're making them so big now; they're hard to. They can't. Well, really.
2: they they are big, and um and, and they they have a lot of a pretty good draft. But the uh, thing is, you're not supposed to run your ship aground. They they take a <laughs> dim view of it. And uh, even though there were no injuries, unless you
1: want to wave to your girlfriend. Yeah, on the Italian from the coast. Pier, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and there's an when
2: they tell you there's an investigation ongoing. Yeah, unfortunately, because the tradition is the CEO of the ship is quote ultimately responsible quote unquote. Translation: There goes your career, buddy. No. When when you run aground, your 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 days are not, not supposed over. to
0: touch bottom. Not even no, supposed to know.
2: So that that's what happened. Um, and that that's the one you're referring to, I, I presume. And, and then, and then um, there's you know, then there was this other thing I was mentioning, which is um, in Cuba, right? What we, the they, heck's going? They on? They rekindled the Cold War up in, in, in down in Cuba. Perfect. Somebody else we've pissed off. Right. Well, sort of. Well, the they they were in the throes of, of celebrating in Cuba because a Russian ship called the Paracop, which is a uh, Russian training ship, had pulled in for a port call for a four day. Port visit, and they hadn't had a. I didn't know this. They hadn't had a Russian ship in years
1: since Sean Connery was there on hunt <laughs> For Red October. <laughs> this is just,
2: that's right. Well, uh, it, it sailed into Havana, and it's the first official visit by a Russian ship in, in years. And meanwhile, the Cuban government, at the same time that they're, you know, and I saw this ship this this training ship. It's a pretty impressive looking ship. It's got big guns on it. It's got uh, four. 76-millimeter guns. I first thing I thought of was, that doesn't look like any training ship to me, man. That's a, They got 300 students, quote-unquote, and 30 instructors on, on board. So it's a pretty good-sized ship It's going to be there for four days. Meanwhile, the Cuban government's upset because we, the U.S., uh, have a nuclear submarine on the other side of the island at Guantanamo Bay this, that's our part of the island. We brought this nuclear ship in there, which is supposed to be, like, taboo and according they can, to who according to them yeah. the lease is yeah. it in the lease is it in the lease yeah i don't know but it's um it's a provocative escalation uh-huh. quote unquote that's the term they use uss pasadena uh required a logistics stop on on its way to an exercise and then I, I wanted to know what exercise it turned out to be unitas and i'm thinking <laughs> boondoggle unitas is um it was like the, one of the really good deals if you were in the Navy, the Surface Navy. They don't have too many good deals in the Surface Navy, but UNITAS is one of them. It's a um, South American like goodwill cruise. They, you pull into all their ports. You, you, uh, you, you eat good food. You chase nice-looking women uh, or whatever, I guess. <laughs> and uh, it's just a great way to go. If you're going to go Navy, you, you want to go UNITAS. So that's what they did down in Cuba. Sign me up. I, I, I like the description. You. Oh, I wanted to throw this one in there. This is this is just good for for measure. Good good measure. Um, meanwhile, in Guantanamo, a UN report recently came out and it found that conditions at Guantanamo Bay prison are cruel and inhuman, and the suffering is profound. This is according to the, the source. Suffering is profound and ongoing. The UN official um, was given full access, and she said that there is near. Uh, constant surveillance that the the prisoners are under.
0: Uh, uh, what did he think that this was like Sandals Resort? Uh, I guess. mean, I think that uh, that's part of being in prison. Well, is they watch. I you. guess the rice peel wasn't enough.
1: Yeah, it, it is all inclusive. Well,
0: it is.
2: <laughs> it's a package deal. Yeah, uh, they said there's undue use of restraints uh-huh. and the lack of medical care. What?
0: What? what? Since when? Well, were they a little late getting the gender assignment surgery scheduled? I they guess were... so.
2: I, and I, I, they don't really have a lot of people there anymore, but um, they were just really adamant about the fact that things are not pleasant there. Mm-hmm. Isn't that terrible? Yeah,
0: Crimea River. Yeah. I know.
2: That, that's it. So maybe the Navy should spend more time down in Cuba, or Cuba, as the Cubans would say. Cuba, yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, bringing it back. Uh, Closer to home,
2: uh-huh.
1: um, we have a facility that operates north of Albany. Been around since the 1800s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Fort Ticonderoga? No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm saying it correctly Water 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 Watervalete. Is, is that pronounced? Watervalete. Watervalete. Yeah. Arsenal. Water-Vleet. Yeah.
2: I didn't even know they were in business anymore.
1: Well, you know, they make. Gun tubes, not only for the army, but for the navy and for other folks. They are the. That's I it. guess they are. They. Everyone used to say they were on the hit target list for nuclear strike if uh, the Soviet Union ever struck. Um,
2: they made the main uh, coastal battery guns for the Philippines for Corregidor. Yeah, I mean it's just um, it's pretty impressive. I they, I didn't even know they were around.
1: Yeah, so they. They've been doing it forever, and uh, just an unbelievable. You know, you weren't in the gunnery side of the Navy, but you know every round that gets fired through a tank or through an artillery gets recorded. Oh, really? And every year you would send your record to Water A. really, um, for, really for your serial numbered gun tube. And if you had a gun tube failure, Ooh. um. It, the gun tube was taken out. We had that happen. A tank it really? split like something out of a cartoon once. Do you have like a hang fire in the army? Oh, or do you have whoa. like a, like a- yeah, yeah, that happens. Yeah, where it doesn't the the round doesn't fire. Right, and there's a whole protocol you go through when it doesn't fire. Uh-huh. But ultimately, if it doesn't fire, I was a young lieutenant because I was a platoon leader. And we had done the protocol and waited the appropriate amount of time. It was the young lieutenant that got inside the tank to take this round out of the gun tube. But that being said, I remember uh, we ended up finding out what happened. Um, But we had a gun tube blow up. And it looked like something, like I said, out of a cartoon where it just peeled back (laughs) um, at the end. And that doesn't happen too often. Yeah. And so it came to find out that uh, when that tank crew was traversing the range... Um, the gun tube must have hit a mound of dirt and Ooh. gotten dirt in the gun tube. and it it plugged was. up. And I don't know that it plugged. It was enough resistance, though, that it caused enough what if, what pressure. What if you can't get it out? Get what out? The round. I mean, if you can't. Are you talking about one that's fired that's stuck in the tube? Yeah, or one it's stuck that's, in the tube, yeah. Um, I, never, I can't imagine that. I have never heard of that happening. Oh, thank God. I just don't like the thought of it. Um, but if, if, if it shoots, it's going to get out of the tube. <laughs> um, but uh, that happens sometimes with a with a handgun. You you see that happen, but uh, we can talk about more after the break. I'm hearing the music, so Bob's saying we got to take a break here. We'll be back with more on Valor Radio with the Colonel and the Captain
0: on Wy. So.
3: Go to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers, not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old office in-person consults by appointment at our penfield office five-time consecutive winner of the national best practices award mgm is proud to support veterans groups for your personal business home or professional insurance needs meet the experienced staff at mgm associates locally and proudly owned at 1745 penfield road in penfield 3817008 or MGM mgminsure.com an associate of finger lakes fire and casualty route 227 trumansburg new york
1: the colors are red for valor, white for innocence, and blue for justice. Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all, and our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eFlagStore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans.
3: As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to VetTix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Fallow Radio
0: with Colonel Paul Simonelli. We are back in here with the Colonel and the Captain. Thanks for joining us on
1: WYSL. Thanks, Robert. So, um, yeah, pretty interesting that uh, you wouldn't imagine, uh, you know, eastern, northeastern New York as a manufacturing hub or something like that. But no. uh, uh, I guess when you think about geography in the 1800s... Um, Pretty, pretty, even, and this is an interesting. I mean, the army actually owns the facility, hmm. so it's not a private company, but they run it like a private company, and it, you know, they they're held to pretty high standards. I mean, when you're talking about an, you know, an artillery shell, the, obviously any marksmanship, whether it's artillery or main gun, tank or a rifle, um, consistency is the most important thing. So. Uh, you know, the standards that they have to do things to, the amount of, I mean, thinking about it, you know, the eight inch guns, artillery pieces are able to fire, you know, tactical nuclear, mm, you yeah. know, there's some pretty serious stuff. So, uh, anyway, just, uh, pr- I'd love, I've never been inside the place. I've seen all kinds of pictures and everything else. And it's something that sort of, you know, when you go through your armor officer, basic they, they give you a, a pretty interesting briefing on the thing, you know a classified briefing mm-hmm. on the place, but uh, you've got to figure they must have modified it like uh many times over the years well, you know interestingly, they say they just replaced um they re- they got five new milling machines and giant milling wow. machines, but they said they replaced maybe forty or fifty individual little machines where they had to do separate functions that now they can do on one machine so hmm. it's you know going to greatly enhance there was a plan to modernize the place to you know bring it to state of the art mm-hmm. before the ukraine thing happened but once again you know the demand you know we're sending all these artillery pieces over there you can't fire the number of rounds that they're firing without wearing out gun tubes yeah. i'm <laughs> sure they're going way past the authorized number of rounds going through those gun doesn't tubes not not kill
2: you though the impetus <clears> behind <throat> all this change and this you know, upgrading of improvement is the the Ukraine war. We had to wait for the Ukraine war to get these guys off their dust to do some, to do the right thing. No, no.
1: Well, they were modernizing it before, but now I'm saying it's put a lot on hold because now they're yeah. just so wrapped up in production. But you're right. I mean, we're well, going through all kinds of inventory. Yeah. You know, our our, yeah. our munitions are so low that we're sending them over these cluster bombs now. That, yeah, I know. That, well, that's all we've been listening to isn't in the news. Isn't that funny?
0: They're, they're, they're <clears throat> cluster bombs. And it's not just yeah. us. I mean, Europe is sending everything they got to Ukraine, Which too. Which isn't much either. Which isn't yeah. much. But, yeah. But everything they got.
2: The idea that they, they could justify now sending cluster weapons
0: after all the years that they were bad-mouthing them. And do we have troops there or do we not? That's what I want to know. They keep, keep getting these mixed signals. Uh,
1: you know, uh, uh, Joe, of course, you know. By the way, Steve, did you get a phone call? No. Or an email? No. I didn't either. 3,000 reservists.
2: I'm not answering my phone, though. You're not an- no, Is that why you didn't answer the phone when I called uh, the other day? You're, no. Is that why <laughs> I left my phone upstairs? So. huh. I always, I always answer you, Paul. Uh huh. When I see Paul Simonelli on my phone, I'm, I don't know. I was feeling I, pretty. You know, I, I hopped was, to it. I
1: was feeling pretty offended. I
2: feel bad. I would call him 35 minutes later.
1: But uh, anyway, so neither Steve or I guess they didn't go to the 60 plus crowd.
2: Not yet, but give them time.
1: Well, but look at the look at the people that they're 3, recruiting. Three thousand reservists,
2: all the old farts that they're recruiting to go in for the first time. I mean, it's pretty. Uh, you know, the, the, things are not good in recruit land.
1: No, I know. If they're they're pulling,
2: pulling. What, yes, they are they're
1: pulling from the reserves <laughs> and the IRR. And the
2: IRR, I saw that, yeah. That, that's really scary. That is it a scary is, development. They can figure
1: maybe one out of five they might be able to do something with. When was but the last the, time
2: they pulled guys out of the IRR? Oh, they
1: were doing that during, you know, post 9-11. I know, I mean,
2: but that, that's like 20 years ago.
1: Well, no, I think up through by about 2008 or 2009, they had depleted uh-huh. the IRR, <laughs> at least in the Army. There wasn't anybody left. Oh. There was, tell, Bob, tell Bob what the IRR is. It's yeah. the Individual Ready Reserve. So when you're... So you, you go in, everybody that goes in makes an eight-year commitment. Now, it might only be three years of active duty, four years of active duty, and then you're supposed to serve in the reserves. Well, so you live in out in the sticks somewhere in the Midwest. There's no reserve unit for 300 miles. They're not going to make you drive 300 miles to go to a reserve unit. So... You go into the individual ready reserve, which means they got your name on the books. You're supposed to keep yourself physically re- fit, physically fit, mentally awake, and morally straight. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, if they call you, you go. They had never, 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 never in the history of the Department of Defense did this till after nine eleven. And everybody I know that was in the IRR, everybody got called up. Yeah. At some one point or another,
2: and they ne- and they <clears> were shocked <throat> that they got called yeah. up. I mean, and they were they were not. Happy about it? They would. I heard these stories about you know so and so was contacted. He's not happy. I'm like, oh really? (laughs) So glad to hear
0: it. How's that individual responsibility for staying uh, uh, fit and ready? How's that
1: working out? Um, Well, it it was interesting because I knew one (laughs) guy. Some cases not well. Yeah, I knew one guy that went up to Fort Drum for his pre mobilization physical, dragging his oxygen tank with him. (laughs) Um, Oh yeah, there you go. Now you were supposed to report if you had some. significant medical thing, but these guys, they were sort of scamming the system. I'm, I, we could go into discussion no, for another that day. Is, that
0: doesn't happen.
1: But um, no. they, they got called on the carpet, and they yeah. really reduced the size of the IRR dramatically.
2: Yeah, you show up with a morphine pump.
1: <laughs> it's not a good thing.
2: <laughs> it's not going to go over well.
1: And, you know, <clears throat> show up with your CPAP machine. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> am, am I going to have power in North Africa, you know, in Africa yeah. to run my CPAP machine type <clears throat> So it was... Uh,
2: it was interesting, <coughs> yes, An interesting it was. time that we 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 had after nine eleven. Yeah,
1: so I I just got to hit on one other thing here. I, um, you know, the there's always inter service rivalries, mm. and one of them that pops up all the time is the marksmanship. Who's got the best <gasps> okay. shooters in the world? Yeah, and yeah, unfortunately, yeah. the Department of the Navy, through their their little brother, the United States Marine Corps, were handed their heads. This year, um, in the sixty-second Inter Service Rifle Championship in Quantico, on their home field, I know. Not only did the Marines get had, they got had on their own. Turf. I, I gotta
2: say, it's pretty impressive what the Army did. Yeah, it was. It was. They f- they they routed these guys, and I, I never would have thought that.
1: Yeah. So.
2: Um, uh, yeah. But at, at Quantico, <clears throat> of all places, so.
1: So hopefully, uh, you know, maybe the Marines were paying attention. I'm sure they videotaped everything. And Mm. our good friend. Oh, they'll uh, they'll pay attention all right. um, uh, Our good friend, the director of the Monroe County Veteran Service Agency, Nick Stevanovich, of course, I had to send him. That yeah. article, and for the next uh, ten minutes, he's writing. Ah, they cheated. Uh, <laughs> I, could, I don't want, I can't read most of what he wrote. Wrote me back, but uh, um, I'm
2: sure you were insufferable at, at the news.
1: I would not. I was just alerting him to some developments right, um, that right. occurred, and. Uh, but boy, well, good,
2: good on the army. They did they did well. It was it was a really, joint competition. They, uh, they all, I think they had the top, five of the top slots or something. Yeah, yeah, just
1: unbelievable. And you know they do everything from twenty yards out to hundreds of yards. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, all different, you know, prone shooting, standing, kneeling, sitting. Um, but uh, really, they did it all. And and the Marine Corps is owned right now by the United States Army Marksmanship Unit. Uh, as it should be. All right. Well, hold that thought. All right. Things will change. They always do. All right. We're hearing some music. That's it for today, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Let's keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, guardians, all those serving with them, and those 3,000 reservists that just got called up. Please keep them and their families uh, in your thoughts and in your prayers. We'll see you next week with more of Valor Radio.
3: I don't do it for the money. There's bills that I can't pay. I don't do it for the glory. I just do it anyway. Providing for our futures. My responsibility. Yeah.